This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Hawk Chronicles follow the adventures of Detective Kate Hawk, who went from a Baltimore police detective to intergalactic investigator, from fighting crime on the streets to crime in the stars. And now, episode 202. Turnabout. No. It can't be. It's you? I'm afraid so, old friend. Take their phones and cuff these two. But why? You've been chasing these spies for the past several years. Chasing? I don't think so. It makes sense, Kate. Dale here, or should I say Dimitri, was involved in these spy cases for the past several years, and they all have managed to avoid capture. Then how does Anton fit into this picture? He does what I tell him. Together, we had a very good thing going until you two got involved. It's clear now why you kept trying to incriminate Jameson. He was the perfect patsy, a young, inexperienced agent with a vulnerability. It's too bad Cage had to interfere with my plans. You're lucky I'm handcuffed. Anyone who would kidnap a helpless sweet lady like my mum is a worthless human being. It's nothing personal, Jameson. It's just part of doing business. Only for someone who's amoral and corrupt. Don't you Americans have a saying that all's fair in love and war? In case you haven't noticed, there is a little war going on here. One that your people started. I'm still trying to understand how someone like you could become a member of MI6. It was a very long process, comrade. I am not your comrade. What are you planning to do with us? I am not sure, but I certainly can't let you return to London. I have to make sure that MI6 doesn't try to infiltrate our government with another spy. Your government? That's a joke. Your own people don't even like your government. Your people are tired of being oppressed and poor while government officials get rich. Perhaps we can discuss politics another time. It's rather unfortunate that your mother is not in our custody at the moment. I'm going to have to make changes to our plans. What plans? To arrest Jameson as the spy, of course. Separate Simon from these two. I'm going to meet with our superiors and see what our next move is. Let me tell you something, Dimitri. Whatever your next move is, plan on it being your last. I'm going to go and see if I can secure my ship. All right. Jacko's taking Bella, so Liam will be your responsibility. Yeah, not a problem. We're going to park in one of those big hangars for now. Copy that. Have you finished running your diagnostics? Everything checks out. The fire retardant system worked perfectly, so there's no major damage. As soon as you hit me, I engaged the system. (laughs) That's something I never thought I'd say. What? Engaging the fire system? No, 
as soon as you hit me. I never thought you'd be the one to take a shot at the Canberra. Trust me, Liam. That's what everyone thought. I had little choice. You were disappearing into the thick overcast, and I was afraid my ship would disappear again. My best chance was to disable one engine and trust that you could land her safely. That was a pretty high risk you took, Skipper. I had no chance of shooting a missed approach. It was then or never. I wasn't too worried about it. I knew you could do it. I don't know whether to thank you for the confidence or have a go at you for shooting me down. If you know what's good for you, you'll go with the compliment. I guess I'll take the compliment. Starting taxi to hangar. You know, Skipper, there was a lot of damage to that engine. You think it can be repaired? Oh, it can be repaired all right. I just don't know how long it'll take. We'll just secure here in this hangar for now. From what Bella told me, Rage is still active on this planet. She'll tell you whatever she wants you to hear. Rage is splintered and scattered all over the galaxy. From what we could tell, there was no sign of activity on this old airfield. Did she ever mention what happened to Wi-Fi? That's the Lord Zokar guy, right? Same guy. He is, or should I say was, the leader of Rage. She helped him escape from a penal colony. Some nutjob doctor convinced him that he'd give him better bionic powers. Truth was, he was going to take over Wi-Fi's abilities and run Rage himself. And when Bella figured that out, she turned on the doctor, stole me ship and made a run for it. As far as I know, we were the only two on the ship. She had him, she left him on Cali. I'm sure she's bluffing about him being alive. She wants people to believe that so she could run Rage herself. Women. Guys, I'd like you to meet Sergeant First Class Sid Gomez. Sid, this is Sam Hongan. Sam. And I think you know Scarlett Jernigan? Yes, we met a few years ago. Mrs. Jernigan, I I hope I can be of some help. Thank you, Sergeant Gomez. And please, call me Scarlett. For everyone here, I'm perfectly fine with Sid. So, Sid, how are you involved in this investigation? Back when this happened, I was just a PFC. My job that night was to ride patrol with Corporal Adams. We got a call to respond to an accident near the O Club. The O Club? The, the, the officer's club. It was snowing that night, so we thought a car may have slid off the road. Or maybe there was a fender bender. When we arrived on the scene, a, a car had flipped. It looked like it may have rolled a few times. I'm sorry, Scarlett, if I'm being too graphic. That's okay, Sid. I appreciate your concern, but I have been over the accident in detail many times. Since the roads were snow-covered, were you able to see the tracks? See, that's that's the confusing part. It looked to me that Korsky's car had swerved into the path of another car, then backed up and drove a little ways past the scene of the accident. The other half of the team met earlier with the defense attorney. He said the same thing. Mr. Thornton? Yes. He also said that someone took photos of the tracks, which clearly showed what you just described. But they were ruled inadmissible. Yeah, Corporal Adams took the photos, but the defense said that Adams was previously issued an Article 15 for substance abuse. They claimed he staged the photos to get back at an officer. What's your assessment of that? I'd tell you, but there's a lady present. I knew Corporal Adams well. He was a good man. He never abused drugs. He earlier had made a drug arrest and had trace drugs on his person, all transferred from his collar. How did the drugs get on his collar? (laughs) No, Sam. Collar is the word used to describe someone who has been arrested. You'll have to excuse him. Sam isn't from around here. Go ahead. He was covered in the stuff. 
We had a surprise drug test that night, and somehow those drugs were detected by the test. Couldn't he rebut it? He did, but by the time he had the proof he needed, the Article 15 had been issued. So the military JAG officer assigned to defend Korsky moved that the photos were not admissible. By the time Adams got the Article 15 removed from his records, the inquiry was over. But with his record cleared, why wasn't the case reopened? This guy had some big brass backing him up. Adams and I suspected that he may have had some dirt on some top brass and had them kill the case against him. So, you saw the tire tracks and could validate the photos Adams took? Why didn't they take that into consideration? I was a lowly private, new to the MPs and Corporal Adams' buddy. They claimed my testimony was tainted. When I hear things like this, I just want to scream. I can understand your frustration. We're going to get to the bottom of this, I promise. Did you see any damage on Korsky's car that might suggest he hit them? Yes, and Adams took a picture of it. Korsky claimed that he happened to drive up on the accident, and that damage was old. That pretty much corroborates what Thornton told Barnes. He also told him that Korsky had bodywork done right after that. That's correct. Plus a new paint job. I want to thank you for sharing that information with us. Yes, thank you very much. I understand you'd be willing to testify if we can get a new trial or Article 32 investigation. I'd be happy to. Now, if there isn't anything else, I need to get back to work. I think we're good. If we get any further details that involve that night, we'll get back to you. You got it. J-Mac, what's your status? We've got my ship secured in the big hangar. I copy. Nate, get us ready for departure. Georgia, pre-flight systems check. Pre-flight check in progress. Gabby, set course for the Voldemar portal. Aye, Captain. Locking in coordinates. Main engines coming online. Stand by. What do you think? Tell him to get Bella back to Baldemar as soon as possible. I don't see any need for an escort. Go ahead and take Bella back. We'll be fine. Roger that. See you back on Baldemar. Jocko, this is Joe Mack. Take care of your prisoner. I'm looking forward to her incarceration. You got it, Joe Mack. Mercury, we're on board. You can raise the ramp. Copy. Ramp up. Prepare for launch. Copy that. Pre-flight completed. All systems ready for flight. Thank you, Georgia. Gabby, ground taxi into position. Joe Mac, let me know when you three are secured. Will do. I'm sending Marco forward to navigate for you. I think I know the answer to this, but do you want me to get Liam up here and fly? I'm concerned about your wound. Like a fierce warrior once said, "Tis but a scratch." <laughs> Love that movie. All right, if you're sure. I'm positive. It's not interfering at all. Liam and I are secure. Marco should be there shortly. Thank you. Gabby, winds will be 1-0 at 0-2-0 degrees. Ceiling still 75. Winds 10 at 20 degrees. Thanks. Marco, we've set course for the Moldavar portal. Got it. Gabby, I understood that the winds were 10 at 20 degrees. That's correct. Yeah, well, I recommend a straight-out departure to 3000, then a heading of 270 for orbital burn. Sounds good. Attention on board. Please make sure your seatbelts are secured and that your seatback is in the upright position, and you've stowed away any loose items. And make sure that if you owe me money, you pay me before we take off. 
just in case. You're really reassuring there, Captain Nate. Well, that reminds me, Skipper. You owe me for that last round on Cali. I'll add it to your paycheck. What flaming paycheck? Exactly. Setting flaps to 20 degrees. All systems green. Georgia, pre-takeoff check. All systems nominal. And we're rolling. Ah, that's the chap in the picture you showed me, Anton. I should have known it was you. Whoever we were chasing was always one step ahead of us. It's nice to see you too, Kate Hawk. Jameson, good to finally meet you. I'm afraid I can't say the same. Yeah, where is Agent Simon? On Tom's Vladom. No, oh, Hodeshuda, Skoro. Skoro, Hodeshuda. Skoro! Agent Simon, what happened? What happened to Anton? He subdued both guards and freed me. Well, now I am confused. I must apologize to everyone. First, let's get you out of these restraints. So you're a double agent? I work for Služba Bezpeki Ukraine, or the SBU. Formerly known as the Russian KGB. Yes, but all that changed in 1991 when we got our independence from Russia. It took a while to, as you say, clean house. The public was very untrusting because of how the KGB operated. How did you come to work for Agent Doug, or should I say, Dmitri? We had our suspicions about him, but we were never able to prove he was a Russian spy. We knew he worked for the SVRRF, uh, the Foreign Intelligence Service. Again, formerly known as the KGB. And that is how I was able to get close to him. He discovered that both of us were former KGB agents. Why haven't you arrested him yet? Because he's only the tail of the viper. We want the head. You do realize that what you've done to save us has blown your cover? Perhaps not. Really? What do you plan to do now? I'm going to tell him that I felt our safe house was not safe anymore and we moved all of you to another location. As for the two on the floor, I'll have some of my agents take them to SBU headquarters. You passed it on the way here. Do you think, Dale, I mean, Dimitri will be convinced? I hope so. I don't believe I have any other choice. He mentioned that he needed to meet his superiors. Is that the head of the Viper you're looking for? Yes, although some of those superiors are in Moscow. We're after the ones here in Ukraine. How are you going to pick up his two guards without raising suspicion? We put a tail on Dmitri, so we know he's not in the area. An unmarked car from the SPU will come and pick them up. From there, we will plan out what our next step is. We would certainly like to be part of the investigation if you could arrange an interagency op. I'm glad you said that. It would be useful to have you here in case Dmitri wants to check on you. You could pretend to still be in my custody. And who would be guarding us? Perhaps I could tell him I sent them on an errand and I'm watching you. I will work something out. This has turned out to be a rather fascinating couple of days. I was a junior analyst learning the ropes, then a suspected spy, then you became the suspected spy, and finally Ancient Doug was determined to be the actual spy. 
Welcome to the ever-changing world of secret intelligence. I guess it's safe to come out now. You guess? Yep, I guess. Good to see you all made it back safely. You know, I feel weird every time I get into one of these things. You should see some of the contraptions they have around the galaxy. You're not even guaranteed to transport with all your own body parts intact. Ah, look, these babies are pretty reliable. So, Garrett, did you get our notes? Yeah, I had a chance to go over them this morning. Looks like both our contacts are telling us the same story. What was striking to me was the level of cover-up. Pictures of the tire tracks not admissible. Photos of body damage inadmissible. I mean, these were critical pieces of evidence. How credible do you think your Sergeant Gomez is? I don't have any reason to doubt him. He was a PFC at the time, so he didn't question anything his superiors did or said. But he's willing to speak now. As a witness in the trial or Article 32? He's at the end of his career, and as you can imagine, he doesn't want to jeopardize his return. Would that be because he doesn't know how high the cover-up went? That is correct. It's my understanding that in your military system, soldiers don't join for life. Ah, the typical retirement is after 20 years. So there's a good possibility that many of those higher-ups have long since retired? So one of the things we need to research is find the chain of command for Korsky at that time. That's the kind of thing I did extensively with my former law firm. I'm sure I can help you with that. I've tried to track down some of them over the years. I have a couple names that we can start with. That's certainly better than starting with nothing. There are several discussion groups on social media that deal with former members of military units, you know. I have the info on the unit he was assigned to. Perhaps we could start there. Ladies, the conference room is yours. Here, this is the Wi-Fi password. Knock yourself out. Let's get to it, then. What are we going to do? We're going to lay out a timeline of events. I wish there was some way we could find more witnesses who saw Korsky drink at the Oak Club. Wasn't there one witness? According to Dave Thornton, there was one, but his testimony wasn't strong enough to establish that Korsky was impaired. Maybe you should track him down, since you have his information. He might remember others who were there. I'll ask Mr. Thornton, as a lawyer prosecuting in the Article 32, maybe he knows something. Like... Why weren't those witnesses called from the Oak Club? It's worth a shot. I'd be interested to learn more about what Korsky was working on at the time of the accident. Ah, you know, that thought occurred to me, too. Maybe he was working on something sensitive or something that he was needed for. You mean like some special skills or ties to the project? Yes. Was Korsky so important that whatever he was involved with that someone up the chain of command squelched the investigation? Just to make sure I'm following this... Colonel Korsky never went to trial because of Article 32, right? Yeah, that's correct. The, the Article 32 is convened to view the evidence and listen to testimony. Now, based on that, they determine whether or not a court-martial should convene. 
in the civilian world, it's kind of like a grand jury deciding if someone should be charged and go to trial. On Honga, they just shoot you and ask questions later. Cuts out a lot of red tape. There may be places here on Earth where that happens too, but in this country, you're presumed innocent and must be proven guilty. Wow, that plus all-you-can-eat buffets make this my most favorite planet ever. Captain Tam, glad you could join us. Well, quite honestly, I wasn't expecting there to be an us. I thought for sure Liam would be here on the bat with Jocko and Bella headed for Bolivar Prison. I'm grateful to Skipper here for not sending me off. You should be. Uh, Marco and I talked over it and decided to give him a break. All I knew was that Bella was the new owner of the Canberra and she was going to pay me well. Certainly didn't sound like that when we first contacted you by radio. You were pretty defiant. It was around that time I began to realise that Bella wasn't the new rightful owner of the ship. She was just plain crazy. I had to play along. Well, you played along quite convincingly. I was convinced enough that I shot him down. I don't think he really meant it, though. I'd be a burning pile of scrap metal. Yeah, you got that right. So, what do you think's going to happen now? We'll dock at the BSS for quarantine, then head to Boulder Bar. Why? Well, I mean here on out. I won't have me ship back for quite a while. Nor will I. Gabby and I were lucky enough to team up with Jaffra as IDF bounty hunters. Nate lost his pilot, so Gabby fit right in. Well, we need to find somewhere to fit in. It may be a few lunar cycles before me ship's ready to fly again. Based on my experience, it will take that long just to get the parts. Well, this is a big ship. Maybe Nate could use some extra crew. I wouldn't count on it, unless he picks up some big cargo runs. Well, Joe Mac, you finally got your ship back, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> At least I know where it is now. Hey, Marco. Hey, Skipper. Hey, Liam, I hope you realise how lucky you are. Oh, I know, all right. I was just telling the Skipper that I could very well have ended up in a pile of scrap metal back there. If he was aiming to destroy you, you would have. Yeah, we were just talking about what'll happen now that me ship's down for long-term repairs. That all depends on what you plan to do with Liam here. Look, as far as I'm concerned, he did everything under extreme duress. I don't plan to file any charges. What about Captain Nate? He can charge him as well as you for failing to obey a lawful order. As far as both of us are concerned, Liam was forced to do what he did, so we're willing to overlook it. I really appreciate that. I can promise you that something like that will never happen again. If it does, there's a room waiting for you in Baldivar Prison. No, thank you. Being like Belle was like being in prison. Maybe you'll get lucky and get a cell right next to her. Why would you wish anything like that on anyone? Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Bat 1 under attack by unknown forces. I need assistance. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Attention. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. Jomac, battle station. This is not a drill. All right, everyone, move out. She's not getting away again. Rage forces come to Bella's rescue. Will the Mercury arrive in time? How will Simon's crew deal with Dimitri and what new evidence will Garrett's team find? Find out the answers to these questions and more in the next episode of the Hawk Chronicles Battle Stations.